It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Monday. A lot to get to. I'm James Erpine. Make sure you check us out, LockedOnBengals.com, on Twitter, at LockedOnBengals, at James Rapine. If you're new to the podcast, it's simple. We do this every single weekday. You can subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. We're there. Every podcast posted to LockedOnBengals.com. And uh, we give you your local, local Bengals insight, the latest Bengals information, obviously the combine going on, and... There's a lot here. I think right now, if I had to predict who the Bengals took, and I'm going to do a mock draft later this week for LockedOnBengals.com, um, and I'm going to butcher this name, but I think it would be Vita VA or, or something like that. The guy from, he's a defensive tackle from Washington. And it's V-I-T-A-V-E-A, Vita VA. And, and I could be totally butchering his name, whatever you want to say. I just think that that's a guy the the Bengals will look at and say, all right, there's our future defensive lineman of the future. Like, that's it. And who knows if he's there at 12, that's who I would say. But naturally, you, I've asked around and I've hinted around and looked at how the Bengals, because they do have a need at quarterback. Regardless of how you feel about it, and you don't they have a need at quarterback. And a lot of people are predicting late-round quarterback, veteran backup, two different ways to, to address that. I'm wondering what it would take for them to consider a quarterback at 12. Who would need to fall? What would need to happen? And, and I keep thinking about it, and the more and more I look at it, I don't think the, the Browns are passing on quarterback at one. I bet you it's Josh Allen. Just today, that's what I'm doing. That'll be what my mock draft is in a couple days. If I, if I decide to mock, I think I'm going to do 1 through 12, not do a, a full Bengals mock. I might do 1 through 12 and then all the Bengals as well. I could see that happening. I could see Sam Darnold going early. I could even see Baker Mayfield. I think the one guy that might fall, quarterback-wise, that the Bengals, and again, realistically, I talked to Jeff Hobson last week. You heard him on the podcast. The The thing that would cause them to maybe pick a quarterback in round one is if they had one on their board that was their number one player or number one quarterback, and he fell to 12 and they were just shocked. And I think that might be Josh Rosen. And I, I think that that would be the guy that, not Lamar Jackson, even though I like him, I don't think that the Bengals would view him that way. I, I don't think Sam Darnold falls, period, just because he checks off all the boxes NFL teams look for. I think Baker Mayfield would worry the Bengals anyways. And Josh Allen, I don't think the Bengals, they would look at his completion percentage and say, eh. Rosen, though? I think Josh Rosen is the most pro-ready, because people talk about that. And to me... He's got the deep ball that you want, and he has the attitude. I keep hearing about how Josh Rosen doesn't prepare and all this stuff, and I'm reading about it. And I go back to, I put this entire thing on LockedOnBengals.com, and it's a big reason why I buy into the whole Josh Rosen is my number one quarterback. And, and again, I don't look at it like Joe Goodberry does as deep. I do watch him. I do have my my opinions, but that's why we have those experts on here on Locked On Bengals to discuss it. But I like Rosen the best. And part of it is simply attitude and want to. And 
the perspective he brings. And it's uh, it, it's better. I, I'll go take it back to this. Rich Eisen, the Rich Eisen show, had Trent Dilfer on. Trent's worked with Josh Rosen. Here's what he had to say about Rosen, good and bad, and why he thinks he's going to be a star at the next level. Well, the one thing you can't teach is the want to also, Trent. And that's all I'm hearing so far. First blush about Josh Rosen. Doesn't want it. Doesn't really deep down. You don't want him in the foxhole, blah, blah, blah. What do you make of all that stuff about Rosen, Trent? You know, I disagree. And Josh and I have a very storied past. And people in Southern California probably know this. I was, of all my Elite 11 prospects, I was probably hardest on him. Uh, we didn't get along well. He did not like me at all. He publicly said he didn't like me in a, in a newspaper, in a, I think it was USA Today or something. Um, I was hard on him because I saw greatness in him and I wanted to bring it out. And at the time when he was 17, he was a little uncoachable and he was a little entitled and he did have some of the stuff that, that kind of made you, you know, push back on him, I guess. Um, We had him as a counselor last year. He came out to the finals and worked with us. One, I was shocked. He came back knowing that he didn't like me. Um, Two, I could not have been more impressed. He is a diff- he's done a 180. He's a different type of kid than people remember him being. Uh, I do think he's tough. I do think he wants I think he wants to be great. He's growing up wanting to be great. I think he wants to be great. Does he have a different personality? Yeah, but I think it's a personality that actually works for an NFL quarterback. Uh, he's intellectual. He has conviction. Uh, he's not going to be wishy-washy on stuff. He's going to demand that his coaches give him the best stuff because he wants to be the best. Kind of sounds like he, like Peyton Manning. Kind of sounds like Tom Brady. Kind of sounds like Drew Brees. Kind of sounds like Aaron Rodgers. Like, you've been around all those guys. They're not always the best people to be around. They demand a lot from the people around them because they want to be great. I think Josh has that in. I was really, really impressed. I was with him for four days this summer, and I looked him in the eyes, and I, when I thanked him, for putting his ego and pride aside and come out and helping out these kids. And two, I affirmed him. I said, dude, I think you have exactly what it takes to be special. Don't let people coach it out of you. And I think that's what's going to happen is half the teams won't like Josh. Half the GMs won't like him. Half the coaches won't like him because they'll be threatened by him. And you're going to hear all these unnamed scouts and unnamed sources who, first of all, don't know you know what, about anything about quarterbacks, but pretend that they do, they're going to come out and say negative things about him because he's going to rub them the wrong way. But the really good guys, the guys that have been around great quarterback and the guys that have been around great coaches, around great offenses, are going to go, oh, that, yeah, that's the kind of guy that actually makes us good. And that's Trent Dilfer on the Rich Eisen Show, that entire thing. That, that, that was about two and a half minutes. There's more on the website, LockedOnBengals.com. The, the thing that stands out to me there, is if there was a quarterback, and that you might say this is exactly why the Bengals wouldn't take him, but if there was a quarterback that could change the culture, that could change it, change the way Mike Brown particularly operates, it would be a guy who speaks his mind, who is good enough to demand, make demands, and get him. Is that type of player? And you might argue Rosen isn't that. I do know his deep ball is beautiful. I do know he takes care of the ball. I think his arm is there. I think he's intelligent. I think he's very self-aware. I think he could be a leader. I I think he has the qualities necessary. I wouldn't let him get by two. If the Browns somehow passed on him and I'm the Giants, that's who I'm taking. I'm taking Josh Rosen, period. Colts, simple. I would take Quentin Nelson, no doubt about it. The Saquon Barkley thing, he should be available at four for the Browns. In my, with my thinking, I'm taking quarterback Rosen if he's available, no doubt about it. And and then if Cleveland takes a quarterback, then maybe 
New York should consider Quentin Nelson because I think he might be the best player in the draft as well. But yeah, if if he fell to 12, I could see the Bengals considering it. Considering it. That's it. Doesn't mean they're going to do it. Not Doesn't mean they would do it. But if there's a quarterback that's clearly far and above better than the other guys there or better on their board than the tackle, than the defensive tackle, than the corner, than the safety, than the linebacker, they're going to look at it and say, look, we need a backup anyway. He's clearly a steal at this point. Let's do it. I think they would also consider trading back, but not if they had that quarterback ranked really high. And uh, for more on that, we'll get to Paul Daner Jr. I talked with him last week on Friday. I want you to hear part of my conversation with Paul. He's of um, covers the Bengals for Cincinnati.com, was at the Combine all last week. I'm on Twitter at James Rapine, at Locked on Bengals. We'll get to Paul Daner Jr. in just a second here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. This is David Harrison of the Locked on Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And let's get to it here. Paul Daner Jr. joined me on ESPN 1530 on Friday. We talked about a variety of things from quarterback, the the future of that position here for the Bengals, and so much more. I asked Paul about the rookie offensive lineman that the Bengals could draft, and if it's perfect, if it's the time for them to finally go out and get some linemen in free agency. Well, right. Where is that? Who is that guy? I mean, is it, is, that's kind of um, the question that you've you've got to you've got to ask yourself a little bit. You know, who who is that guy? Is there is that guy? Is that guy out there? Um, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. You talk, you, is it Nate Solder? No, is that it, the guy? And, and I don't necessarily well, no, mean I, even I, left it's tackle. It's a legitimate exercise that you got to go through. Yeah. I don't know that the free agent market sets up for them very well, to be honest. Um, at uh, offensive line, is a, it, this is not a great free agent market if you are in need of. Offensive line, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, it's it. This is this is a team that where if you're, they're not going to go spend money for for a guy Nate Solder who's in his 30s and has contemplated retirement, and maybe he's the best thing on the market. Um, what, what is that? Is it? They're they're clearly not going to spend at guard. If they were going to spend at guard, they would have done it with Kevin Zeitler. They they don't feel like that does enough to affect the outcome of games that it's be worth the, one of the biggest chunks of your cap. So, uh, you know, at center, yes, I, I would yeah. agree with you. I think at center they should. Their opinion, which I mentioned earlier, is they would be by re-signing Russell Bodine. Um, <laughs> now, what, whether that's, you know, I, I, I think they could use a fresh start there personally. I think there's guys on the market that could do that for them. And maybe they still do that. They're going to give it the proper lip service right now to say that they want their guy back, even if maybe it's a deep down, their plan is that they don't. Um, but to me, I don't think free agents sets up super well for what they're going to be willing to do um, on the line, except I think it's center is really where you can hope um, to make an upgrade, but we'll see whether they decide to stick with what they know 
um, or, or, or go elsewhere. Speaking of, of sticking with what they know, they know Tyler Eifert. They know he's missed 41 out of 80 regular season games so far in his NFL career. It sounds like they won him. Obviously, as you mentioned, it's at their price. You think Tyler Eifert's in stripes next year? No, I don't. I, don't. So I, 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 well, I just, I, there's a couple of variables here. Do, would they like him back? Sure. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, but again, it's, I, I think they're just sort of done relying on the inherently unreliable in that case. He is an absolute game changer. No one will claim that he's not when he's healthy, but can you tell me that this team, what does this team need to do most, James? They need to win a playoff game, right? Sure. They need to make a playoff run, right? Can and you tell me that Tyler Eifert, even if he has a great season, will be playing in that game? What are the odds that you would put that at? Where would you put that? That he's going to stay healthy enough that you know he's going to be there. So if you're talking about really spending on where they need to be spending it, um, are they going to take that tight end slot, that, t- that premier dynamic tight end position, which I firmly believe is, is way higher priority than maybe the Bengals even think it should be or that anybody realizes it should be, um, is, is having that guy. I still I don't know that they will have that guy, and somebody will be willing to bet probably a decent amount of money that they think Tyler Eifert, this, that he's ready, that this is his healthy offseason and that he's gonna, this back thing is going to be in the past and none of the other stuff is going to creep up on him. I, I, somebody is probably going to be willing to pay that, and that's probably what the Bengals will bow out because I don't think that they will be willing to go all in on that because they've kind of seen that show before, and it's probably time to find a different way to solve tight end. I won't call it a problem, the tight end situation, uh, you know, rather than going down the Tyler Eifert road again, unless nobody's willing to pay it, then I think the Bengals would certainly step in at an incentive-laden, prove-it type of situation. Paul Daner, Jr., Cincinnati.com, is our guest talking Bengals. He was at the Combine all week. There's uh, So basically, I'm looking at this and what's going to change, especially offensively, because of the 32nd-ranked offense. Certainly, they couldn't protect, they couldn't block well. They're going to have to address that. In the uh, in the draft or at some point this off season, they do that with with Russell Bodine. Let's assume they bring Russell Bodine back and let Tyler Eifert walk. It just feels like that it could potentially happen. It's it's more likely to happen than not. Maybe um, if that happens, where else do they get better outside of rookies? It sounds like they might be relying on rookies uh, to block on that offensive line next season. Well, I think they're potentially. Uh, I think a lot is put on the way what. Frank Pollock can do, and you know, as a new offensive line coach, the the way they the way they approach the line, the way they approach the running game, is going to get an overhaul. And um, Marvin Lewis called it that exact word today. Systemically, they're going to change the way they do things, and and Frank Pollock is going to bring in a different way of approaching that. And and I think everyone in the building believes that he can get more out of them, that the different approach can get more out of it. And they'll point to, rightfully, the last six weeks of the season when they did take a little bit more of an aggressive, straightforward approach to the running game. They were a top ten in yards per carry the last six weeks of the year. And with Joe Mixon at the centerpiece of that, and I think you saw his evolution a little bit. You know, we heard Duke Tobin say he's going to be a bell cow back this week. I don't know if that's breaking news to anybody. Um, but 
probably good to hear that reassurance. Um, I, I they will have rookies. Um, you know, they had a a very nice draft class last year that they think will ascend, and they hope that John Ross will have a William Jackson second year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's in that mix too. I, I think you you will see them make some some type of moves in free agency, but you know. We'll see how it plays out. I don't know. The only thing I think I know right now is that Clint Bowling will be playing left guard. <laughs> Andy Dalton will be the quarterback. Joe Mixon will be the running back. And A.J. Green will be the receiver. I think the rest of it, uh, I, could, I, could, I think debates could go any different direction depending on the way a lot of different chips fall. And that's kind of, you know, maybe what makes it exciting this offseason for, you know, for the Bengals. Yeah, it's... It's certainly exciting. It'll be interesting to see. Um, one more here for Paul Dano Jr. of Cincinnati.com. As far as the, the backup quarterback position goes, I, I think they'll entertain the idea of bringing in a veteran just because it'll be easy. You could put him behind Andy Dalton, and I know they like experience. But what, what do you think the odds are that they draft one at some point with their 11 picks to be that backup, that heir to the uh, A.J. McCarron backup throne? Yeah, really good. I think, you know – I. Uh, they would like to replicate um, what they did with AJ McCarron as far as drafting a guy and on day three and letting him come in and compete for the backup chair and, and try to work his way up. Maybe it's more of a developmental. I mean, who knows what, where they end up going there? I mean, you're going to have a guy with warts if you're taking him at that point. Um, but I, I, I do think they're, you know, it sounds like they're more open to a bringing in a veteran than you would maybe have thought. Um, Bill Lazor talked about liking having a guy that can really help in the room, so a guy that has some experience that can help in putting together the game plan and supporting Andy in that way, and you know, just being an idea person as well, as opposed to a rookie who's sort of just trying to figure out what the NFL is. Um, so, and we've seen that. I mean, with McCarron and Jason Campbell, sure. we've, we've seen this before a little bit. Uh, I, I could see that being a thing where they they find. Uh, you know, a guy to come in and plug in behind Andy and then draft a guy and let him compete and let Driscoll compete. Um, you know, of course, they had him playing wide receiver in practice and he broke his <laughs> arm, and so they're dealing with that. They, you know, they, they don't know when, how much they're going to get out of him in the offseason program, which is unfortunate uh, because that would have been the time to learn a little bit more about Jeff Driscoll. Um, but so, so that kind of throws another little variable into things as well. So, yeah, I could see I could see a, a veteran and a draft pick mix and all thrown together. I mean, they've got to figure out that room because outside of Andy Dalton, um, you know, nobody really knows what it's going to look like. That's Paul Daner Jr. of the Cincinnati Enquirer, and I, I thought a lot of that was interesting. Here, my my bold prediction, and I gave this to Paul on air while he was uh, while he was with me on ESPN fifteen thirty. I, I think it'll be Mike Glennon. They'll love they'll love his big arm. They'll say, oh, well, he's started some games. He's He knows how to be a backup. He's not an unrestricted free agent. He got cut, so it won't hurt the compensatory process. They're not going to risk that with, like, a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Glennon cut. They have the budget. They could pay him a little bit. There you go. Mike Glennon. That's who I think. Man, we started this podcast off with Josh Rosen, ending it with Mike Glennon. Ugh. <laughs> I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Make sure you check out LockedOnBengals.com. Stay tuned. Mock draft coming this week. Last week, well, my offseason report is up there now. 
My guy Zim has 10 draft commandments he wants you to check out as well. So check it out, LockedOnBengals.com. And until tomorrow, thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.